This episode of the Quaddy Potty is brought to you by our good friends over at Stridal. That's right, Stridal, where entertainment meets opportunity for the horse racing industry. Head to strider.com now and get shopping on their marketplace where you can sort through all the best available yearlings for purchase for this upcoming racing season. Great opportunity to get in on the ground floor with some very talented horses. So head to strider.com right now and get shopping. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, joined by Nick Highland. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Happy to be here as always. Yes, not here to um, mess around today. We've got a lot to discuss, so let's jump right into it, shall we? Um, just a quick, you know, accountability. Not a great weekend from us last week, was it? No, it wasn't. And um, I was pretty confident going into it, to I was be honest. Very um, a lot of horses that I back to be better. But um, yeah, a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds. But um, not a lot of winners in the end. But look, that's racing. We come back next week. Um, so yeah, we're happy. Can't win every week, I will admit. I put my hand up. I said, look, I'm pretty sure I'm getting three to five winners this week. I'll look, I'm happy to look silly if I don't. And yeah, look silly. The only winner I got on the day was just fine and that leads into my next point how fantastic is that horse he has the metropolitan almost locked up until race day you you'd, you'd think i don't think anything else is going to be starting shorter than it on race day yeah it looked awesome um i didn't get to see too much of the races because cricket restarted shout out to the cricket boys but um did see that race because a lot of the boys we actually um it's a funny story this we um we were playing at our home ground and Two of the dads are two fill-ins and they're like, they're like 12th man at the moment. So they yeah. sit off the field and they brought a TV and <laughs> um, we connected and watched the races there in the park. So it's pretty good. Got to see some of the races, but we were fielding all day. So we missed a lot of them. But um, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of dribble coming out of, our, um, out of our cricket team. A lot of yelling across the field, asking who won the last race. Um, and yeah, obviously watching the NRL up the wires. So... But yeah, um, great run by Just Fine. It looked awesome. Yeah, wide, no cover, <laughs> um, challenged when it uh, hit the front and just kicked away. A phenomenal run. Uh, like I said, I don't see anything shortening further, um, getting shorter than it before race day, like I said. Uh, last week I said, uh, get on it for this race if you're desperate, but if you really want a good bet, get on it for the Metropolitan at $8. It's now into $4. So yeah. price has been slashed, like we said. Hopefully some of you listened to that and got on. Um, next point, um, Amelia's Jewel, mate. Let's touch on it. You were on it, one of the few wins we had on the day, but does it really count because it was the $1.65 favourite? Yeah. Um, Look, it's it was always going to win. Um Beat nothing, so yeah. it doesn't really answer any questions whether it's going to go good down in Melbourne just yet. But, um, yeah, you'll take that win for Amelia's Jewel. Good for the prep, good for the fitness. Can't complain. Yeah, look, I just want to clear something up. People out there in the internet seem to think that I hate the horse. You uh, do hate it. I don't. You do. I just think that the hype shouldn't be justified until she actually beats a real horse and not a donkey. She's beaten no one. She's beaten WA horses. That doesn't count. Sorry, our listeners from Perth. And on the weekend, she beat nobodies again. Albeit, she's done it in a very dominant fashion. The clock has been smashed many times. Say, t- times don't lie, bro. Times don't lie, but until she faces the likes of the fangirls and the Mr. Brightsides of the world, and she can repeat that effort, in my opinion, 
she does not get to be counted as one of Australia's top horses. And I will be the first to say, congratulations, I was wrong. But until she does it against Mr. Brightside, it doesn't count. And into my next point, the reason it doesn't count is because Mr. Brightside's so fucking good. Yeah, 100%. how good was that? Yeah, that was that was one of the few races we could watch. Um, what a run! Like we said, it was always going to be um, either Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, or uh, Princess. Yeah, Grace we up said there. we wouldn't be shocked, but a better bet's probably looking for the value. Like, wouldn't have been surprised if he won the way he did, and he went out there arrogantly. Yep, I'm going to bring up. Uh, one of the listeners' questions a bit early since we're on the topic. Okay. Um, Jacko2212 asks, will Mr. Brightside lose at all this spring? Look, if he stays at the mile, I say yes. If he goes chasing a Cox Plate, I say no. Because I think he's one of those horses that is pure 1,400 to 1,600. Yeah. Maybe getting a little over that, but 1,400 to 1,600 is his prime range. That's where he's won just about all, uh, if not all, his races. And you can tell from the weekend, he's the best miler in the country. He's ahead of Fangirl for mine in now. Fangirl's narrow second. I'd love to see them go head-to-head, hopefully in the King Charles Stakes. Yeah. But, yeah, he is the best horse over the mile, if not the best horse in the country right now. And that weekend proved it. They challenged him, and he did it with ease. And he looked like he had a lot of gas left in the tank. So, I don't know. What's your thoughts? Do you think he loses? I don't think he loses unless, like you said, he targets the wrong race, I think. The miles where he needs to be at. He's the best horse in Australia at the moment at the mile, 100%. So if he stays at the mile, he won't lose. If he decides to um, fry bigger fish, who knows? Credit to um, him for going there and actually, you know, not being a big fish in a small pond. But I think if, you know, $9 million or something that he's won so far, if they would just want to keep winning the money and winning the big group one races, stay at those... uh, yeah, the, the mile group one races. There's plenty of them, so they they won't be spoiled for choice, especially especially at weight for age. Yeah, hundred percent. And then Warper asked, um, "Does Mr. Brightside take out the Caulfield and uh, Might and Power Stakes?" I think that question's pretty much answered there. Yeah, so. because that's above the mile. I'm pretty sure that's two thousand meters in itself, if not eighteen hundred meters. Yep. Off the top of my head, I believe it's a two thousand meter race. Um, if you remember at Punters, that's what Animo won last year, coming out of nowhere in the death. Beat the likes of, you know, your Bloods and your Mr. Brightsides. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it wouldn't win that race, so I hope it doesn't go to that I'd race. I'd like to see the field before I make any comments on it because, yeah, not too sure. It definitely can, but I don't know. Now you see Alligator Bloods doing a seven-day turnaround to try and get away from Mr. Brightsides, so who knows yeah. who he's going to be matching up with again. So um, I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see the field before I make that comment. But when it comes to Brightside, I'll say it again. The King's Charles Stakes on the Everest day is quickly becoming more interesting than the Everest because yeah. you've got the likes of Fangirl and him most likely going head to head. And then if Amelia's jewel decides to target that, like I said, we finally get to see if she's got the muster to be able to take on the two giants. I um, just want to, just before you answer it, I want to ask a question myself. Do you reckon that Everest has lost hype over the last two years? I honestly reckon this is the most un like excited I've been for an Everest so far. Is that because yeah, Eduardo and your nature strip, your two legends have gone out of it or is it, what do you think? I just don't think it's been advertised as much. I don't think nearly enough has gone into it. I I'm just think the hype's not as big. Like, now that I think about it, I haven't really thought about it till now, but I just came to my mind. It's, I don't think it's as big as it's been. I think the hype is still definitely there. Everyone's always glued to the screens to see who's getting a slot. Yeah. But I do agree with you in the sense that now that uh, the Nature Strip and Eduardo's, the two horses that if you ask anyone on the street, name a racehorse, they'll probably be like, oh, Nature Strip. Yeah. Now that they're not there, there'll be less 
common man hype. Obviously, the industry yeah. is still going to get around it and those horse racing fans are going to be passionate. But I think that every state is such a casual punting day that it's that's the reason that it's so big, obviously, because yeah. I reckon 85% of people would be the only time they go races all spring. So do you think... I don't, I don't know if the hype is as big as it, as it has been. I think I can agree with you and I can't agree with you at the same time. I agree with you on the point that... Yes, from a common man perspective, it's probably not as hyped as it was last year. But from racing as an industry perspective, I still think it's the same, if not bigger, just because it's, you know... I like to disagree there. So I I honestly reckon this year's Everest will be lower than last year's one. Like attended? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Purely because Nature Trip's not there. And... Uh, I don't know if it's purely because of that. I just think... I haven't seen any advertising. I'm just not as hyped for it. I think the Racing New South Wales, in general, advertise terribly for the races, in my yeah, opinion. 100%. I, oh, think I don't know how much they're actually allowed to do. The The whole thing about how do we get young people to the races, um, for one, social media advertise better. Yeah, literally. Uh, you don't see much advertising on the telly. Hire us. <laughs> you don't see much advertising on the telly. You don't see much advertising on the social media outside that inner circle of the people who are already there. Yeah. I agree. That's what I haven't agreed with racing um, media for a, a while. Like when we first turned 18, I got into it. I'm, oh my God, this is amazing. I love it purely because, you know, racing. But I'm one of, you know, the inner circle that just goes to the races because I love the races. N- 95% other people in the country who are going to the races are there for the day to punt, to get on the drink and just to watch them casually, not to watch them because... Oh yeah, Animo's racing today. Oh, I really want to see how that benchmark eighty-eight pans out. So we see who's going to go to the group two in a few weeks, like myself and yourself. You know, they're going because oh, big day. Should be a lot of people there. Let's go out, have some fun. So, you know, they need to advertise it a bit more and really get around the stars of racing. I don't know. You don't have to full drive to survive it. It'd be nice, but um, they definitely need to invest more in promoting racing the sport in my opinion and i'll build on that because sen track had a um big conversation about this the other day they asked the question do you think there are any horses going around now you know your very elegance are gone your winks is a long gone your chautauquas are gone now your nature strip's gone yeah are there any horses in the country currently that are going to make people go to the races just to watch them it's a tough one mr brightside you can have a case for at the moment, I'd say. Other than that, not too, not really. Like, Animo was obviously the last one. People went to go watch Animo, I'd say. At the moment, there's nothing that's really standing out. But like I said, Mr. Brightside's going pretty crazy. If he wins two or three more, I think, definitely. But at the moment, probably not. I'm in agreement. I think there's not enough... Uh, like, the... The industry as a whole is searching for a start. Like, since Winx has retired, they all want the next Winx. But we all know she only comes around once in a blue moon. And you've got to accept the next step down, which is your nature strips and your very elegance. Yeah. People came out, not in droves that they did for your Winxes, but, you know, racing needs a new star. Mr. Brightside can potentially be that, especially in Melbourne, because he's mostly a Melbourne horse. Yeah. Sydney-wise... I don't know if we have a star. We had Nature Strip. I don't think we have a star to really step up currently to get people to the races just because, oh, Nature Strip's running this weekend, may as well go down. Like, who is it? 
Well, I think as well, a lot of the horses, the good horses that are coming through are a bit younger than what we usually see. We're seeing a lot, like Giga Kicks are probably a lot younger than how we usually see good horses come out where they haven't had enough time to prove themselves. True, maybe we point. have to wait that two, three I years. I think we do have to wait another year or two before you can comment on it because a lot of the horses just starting their career that are doing really well. So It's a fair enough call. Um, yeah, mate, but we'll, um, we'll move on. On Monday, we went down to Ramwick. And Talking about horses that are young and starting their careers, yes. Yep, we went to the trials. So we watched the all the jump um all the trials at the eight hundred and fifty metres and then at, um they step down five metres every five or so ten often meters, so, so to get away from the chop when they jumped out. So we'll talk about that quickly just so you can look into that for your um your magic millions next year as well yeah, as some big so races yeah. coming in the next two weeks. So these horses will be your magic millions in January. They'll also be your English Millennium in your February and uh more imminently They'll be uh, horses that'll be running in the gym crack stakes for the girls and the breeders' plate for the boys on Epsom Day. Last year, won by Empire yep. of Japan for the breeders. We were on, yes. Yep. And Platinum Jubilee in the gym crack for the girls. We were on that as well. We yeah, were able yeah. to spot them last year. Do you think we've spotted them again this year, Nick? Um, look, to be honest, it's tough. I don't know. We'll go through it by race by race because I think we've, we'll go through quickly, but I'd like to. Race yeah. one, we watched... Um, Straight charge won that one, but um, was really, really beaten to the line there. I remember that one. Yeah, really ridden hard. Adrian Bott loved it. I'm yeah. pretty sure, like he said, that were the instructions. You know, make sure that it can respond to the rough riding and the rip. Jeez, uh, the whip. Um, was very pleased. One of the ones that he liked the most out of the camp. But you and I, we prefer to see those ones who aren't ridden as hard. Yeah, it's 850 metres. If you're going to rev it up at the 600 metre mark, what's that going to prove to you? So, look. Yeah. Good kick, but I'm not putting it on top. It's as not some top other five. You can look into it, but um, I think you've got better options. Okay, we had to race two. Lady of Camelot, wow. Great run by her. Smoked One by them. Four lengths. And went wide and still smoked them. Yeah, she was awesome. Um, definitely got a bit of a workout as well, but um, eased up near the end as well, so... Yeah, Lady Camelot. She's was one of the top girls. She was um, top three for me, so and she's going to start that way, obviously, price-wise. But um, you can look into that for sure. Um, race number three, Fearless's race. Um, yes, Fearless was a good one. Fearless uh, and Prost, I thought those two were, were very competitive. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'll say, uh, I'll take this one. Prost, tiny horse, but had a real good kick. So, sometimes you like to get around those. They're small, but they've got a good heart in them. Ran well, faded, kicked hard when asked. Showed that it had this racing intelligence, you know. I think it's ready to go to the races. Same with Fearless. Good, strong kick to win. Trainer, very impressed, uh, Snowden said on the day. Uh, didn't ride him too hard either, did uh, Chad Schofield. So I think Fearless was one of uh, my the, one of the better boys to step out. And I will mention, um, punters, the boys, much harder to split than the girls. Yeah, I think it's girls. a boys' year. Last year was a girls' year. It's a boys' year this year for sure. 100%. Um, heat four? In saying that, I think oh. we just skipped heat four. Uh, there was nothing really there to really look yeah, into. Yeah, that was one of the not as good heats. We go to heat five. Gravitas, Highness, those two. Um, you know, they were both in the um, James Harron colours, the dark green and the gold uh, little sleeves there. Both looked very good for mine. They, I, um, hit, I hit Gravitas better here, even though it came um, in came second, second. I thought it looked a bit better. It was on the fence, it was on the inside. Um you sure? I thought it was the one that went wide. Actually, no. But yes. True. That is the one that went wide. It went maybe 
Uh, three or four wide, like wide out, no cover, and literally just the whole race. So if it hits a tighter line there, I reckon gets over the top. That is that race. Loomed yeah. very well. I think he's a good breeder's chance over Highness, but both of them super smart. They got to the front, obviously Highness first, because mm-hmm. it was uh, straight around the corner. Gravitas had to go a bit wide to get there, but as soon as they got to the front, job done, click off. I'm yeah. just going to jog to the line. So, again, very smart. I think they're two to definitely follow. I think they'll be one of the favourable ones in the market. Heat six, you've got Lady Tassel. I know you want to speak about Lady Tassel. She was awesome. Um, followed not too far behind, just under two lengths by Shiv Me Pink, who I also was very impressed with. I think those two are the ones that you can take out of. Um, yeah, Lady Assault was awesome. Um, Classic Gay Waterhouse run. Yeah, 100%. Kick, lead, win. 100%. It was awesome. We don't need to go on about too, too much. I think yes. it's still only just we trials, move but to um, heat seven. This is the one that I want to talk about a little bit because Espionage came out with the win, very smart. Again, another Gay Wardhouse bot runner. You know, kicked, went around them, got to the front, won. But the one that I was more impressed with was Bodyguard, the one point six mil purchase, big boy, very smart, tucked in amongst the pack. Once the gap opened up, uh, really started to go on with the job. Responded to the um, urges from Tommy Berry, went through the gap. Only lost very, very narrowly. And yes, Bodyguard and Espionage were ridden pretty, uh, pretty harsh. hard. But I, I, I don't not love it. It's only when they have to really get the whip into them to really get them to show something. But yeah. I'm okay with them really getting dug in with the hands and really pushing them because they need to be able to respond to that on race day. And these two horses did that. But um, yeah, Bodyguard and Espionage, I'm very keen to see how they go because they're two of the more uh, blue blood types. They were very rich purchases. Uh, bodyguard 1.6, Espionage 1 mil. Um, mate, I want to skip race eight. They were slow as, in my opinion. Yeah, that was the slowest race of the day. We'll skip it. Go um, to race nine. I'll talk about this one. Yeah. Scampy, wow. This was my best of the day um, for the boys. Absolutely smashed it. I think it was one of the fastest one run No, it time. wasn't one, one of the of. fastest times, purely because he jogged the whole way but still gapped them. Yeah, that's the. Um, he won by 2.6 lengths, and the whip didn't get used once. Um yeah. Colette literally did not move the whole ride, did not have to use his hands at all, didn't use his body. Scampy just took him the whole way and won by three lengths. And, yeah, imagine if he did use the whip, used his hands, he would have had the fast time by almost a second. Literally everyone said only race say that the times are irrelevant. Absolutely smashed them. Maybe, you know, he wasn't against much, but, gee, he looked very smart, very prime. I'm sure he'll open favourite for the Breeders' Plate. 100%. Uh, You got Heat 10? Erno's cube was the one I took out of this one. wasn't Same. too bad. Um, was very unlucky not to get the win. Was that this was the one on the fence? Um, no, that was the outside. It was Manal that went up the fence in the green and white. Oh yeah, I didn't um, mind Manal as well. Manal yes. was one that I um, I came in third. That was running up in inside the fence, um, but looked really good. Seemed to kick a bit late. Hit the line really well. Last 100, 150 meters. Really came back into the race. So. Look into that. How you want to punters? Yeah. But um, Jeringong, I will say shout out. Because it won, but my God, had to whip the hell out of it to really get it there. Oh, geez, it did. Um, so, you know, I think it'll probably be one of the shorter horses come Jim uh, Crack. But unless it draws a barrier, I don't know if I'll be enthused about it purely because of that. Erno's Cube, I will say, is another mayor in Eustace. They were, you know, didn't have many horses there. But that and Scampy were those horses and they impressed because they weren't really touched. And they were able to either gap them or challenge a horse that was really getting pushed out. So very positive signs there. And then we come to the end, heat 11, um, all were very agitated in the yard, Nick. This is yeah. when they were screaming, absolutely yeah. screaming. Um, I think the only one to come out of it, though, uh, Volatile. 
Peter yeah. Snowden absolutely well. loved it. Empire of Japan comparisons, you know, I'm going to love that. Um, you know, was one of the only horses that made up ground on the day, you know, came into the straight last or second last and absolutely went by them and went on with the job and I think won by about two lengths in the end. Yeah, it was awesome. And then into the last one, mate, Invincible Madison, your best girl of the day. Yeah, best girl of the day. She was just super smart. Again, probably one of the obvious picks because she was the richest girl on the day. 1.2 mil purchase there. But gee, very professional, very smart, worth every penny. It looks like she's ready to go to the races. I feel like group racing is purely going to be a formality for her. Um, so I wasn't sure if she was an English purchase or a Magic Millions purchase. But either way, she's going to be there on it. Millennium Day or Magic Million Day because she just tucked in behind them, crossed heels when Clippin and asked her for it and absolutely smashed them. I think if she isn't the favourite on Jim Crack Stakes Day, there's something wrong with the market and I'll be jumping for joy and getting on. 100%. Um, that's all. That's all the things that we have to talk about. We have um, to talk about one more because it happened literally the day after we recorded last week. Craig Williams officially kicked off Giga Kick. J-Mac is on. Your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, after reading more into it, it's um from what I can hear is it was hit. like I said last week. If he was told that it was a fitness run, which it's come out that he was told that it was a fitness run and not to push, he's burnt. I uh, look, it's tough because from at the end of the day, the owners have full control. They're the ones paying. They're, they're paying the, ones, the bills, even though to be fair, that Everest decisions. prize money is going to be paying every bill. Yeah. for the rest of the career. Um. If I was the owner, look, do I know more than a jockey? Probably not. Personally, I think I trust. I would trust Craig Williams enough to make his own decisions. I'd give him a forgive. I'd give him a forgive. But um, look, J-Mac's not a bad option to have on. No, it's not. Um, so I can't complain. I'll skip to Chick 26. Um, after this whole kerfuffle, how will Giga Kick shape up in the Everest? And is it completely gone? I'm going to quickly say yes, because from all reports... Apparently, he's real stuffed. Apparently, there were reports that he was playing up in the box. He wasn't himself. He wasn't really responding to anything in track work. Those are merely rumours. But then they've come out and said they're not planning on running second up in the Premier Stakes anymore. They're going straight to the Everest. Thoughts on that? Uh, look, I'm not too sure. I, I think we've got to wait and see. See how he, um, how he talks and how he goes. Yeah, I don't think he's gone for the Everest. I, don't, I think he'd be criminal to rule him out. But... Um, if he if he's no good for the Everest, then you can definitely see why Craig Williams was taken off. I'm just gonna quickly say, uh, you know, uh, circumstances aside, I don't think it's the ideal prep because a thousand meters, a little jog around at Mooney Valley, six weeks later, straight into a high pressure 1200 meter Everest around Randwick. Um, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Yeah, um, I don't I don't blame you there. What was his prep last year going into the Everest there? I honestly couldn't remember off the top I'm of my head. I know there was a few races down the straight. I'm pretty sure both race runs were down the straight. At 1,100, I think, or 1,100, 1,200. Just quickly get it up. Yep. But um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not ruling it out, but Giga Kick is now going to be one of those horses that will surprise me if it wins. Obviously, we need to see how he recovers and if his track work in race weeks a little better. But if the reports are true that he's absolutely stuffed from that ride, it'd be pretty surprising if he gets up. Unless they're just playing mind games and they're putting it out to the media that uh, there's something wrong with him. So they maybe the price gets out a little bit. Maybe there's, you know. But I'll also be surprised now after that if he starts favourite. I don't think he'll start favourite now. 
Yeah, he had two two preps leading into um. Oh, actually, sorry, he had one leading just into the one? Everest. Yeah, just the one, the eleven hundred um on the Flemington Strait. So oh, fair enough. He's done the one into the Everest before. So, so. We'll, we'll wait and see. But he did win that one, the the Group Two um Tavern Danehill Stakes. So it'd be very yeah. interesting to see. Um, last. Question, Nick. Hobbo asks, what is the most overrated horse going around right now and who is the most underrated? Um, for me, I'm going to go underrated horse at the moment. Uh, it's going to be Zugotcha for me. It's um, last spring. I think it's a bit of a forgotten horse. Won a Group 1 flight stakes last year um, on Epsom Day and then won two Group 2s as well. I think it's a forgotten horse um, coming into a lot of races. So I think it's going to be underrated for me. Overrated here. This is going to be real tough, but look, at the end of the day, it's all opinion. Um, I'm going Mazu. I think he was definitely a rated horse when he was winning seven in a row, so don't get me wrong. But in the last year, he has not won a race um, since the Doomden 10,000. Hasn't won since Brisbane 2022. Winter 2022. Yeah, so that's almost a year and a couple year and months, a half now. year and a half now. So, look, that's a lot to read into. Yes, he came third in the Everest. He's come third. He's been there, but... You can't take that as a win for a horse of that caliber. I think it's overrated um, in that aspect. But look, you can have your opinion, but I'm going to go Mazu. I'll ask you. Um, they locked him in for two straight years in the Everest. First time that was ever done. Do you think that was a smart choice looking back? Yeah, at that now? was very premature. I think um, if he doesn't run well on this Everest, it's going to really look back and bite them. But look, at the same time, he could do it. But look, I'm going to put my put my chest out there and say Mazu. Fair enough. Uh, underrated horse. I know he just won on the weekend, but um, Private Eye, 100. my goodness. One of the mock horses that, you know, we got on for most of the first 75% of his career, but then when he turned into a sprinter, um, we just couldn't have him compared to the other horses, and he's constantly made us look silly by not getting on him and sticking with him and trusting him. Um, the reason I say he's underrated, even though, of course, he won on the weekend, he's won many races lately, uh, it's because the price always ends up being, you know, $7, $10 plus, as he was on the weekend. Uh, but he can get the job done, as we saw. I think he is going to be very hard to beat in an Everest if he draws a barrier because he's one of those horses that's just gutsy and he's going to put in an honest effort every single time he goes around and the market always overlooks him. So I think he's overrated – sorry – underrated from a market point of view not underrated from a fan point of view because he always has his uh, fans on race day and a lot of people get on him but the market just never seems to want him and they end up paying the price for it when he gets up at big odds overrated i've gone through it before after cabin uh everyone was saying he was the next animo uh bullshit in my mind what's he done except win a couple of group threes and group twos against absolutely nobodies and a couple of them were down in victoria in like saturated decks. He hasn't really done much since any time he's actually stepped up to a good field. He's fallen flat in his face. I was very confident in saying that they should have chopped his nuts off. I mean, say what you want. I know they'll probably still get good breeding money from him thanks to his group wins. But until he actually shows a bit of muster and beats a good horse, my opinion, he'll always be overrated because he always starts $2, $2.50. Not worth it, in my opinion. Fair enough. All right, mate, before we go into the rundown, of course, shout out to our good friends at Dabble. Yeah, big shout out to Dabble. Big advocates of their um, their app. They're they're awesome. So yeah, <laughs> we always talk about it. Um, um, they're very good. Yes, Dabble, Aussie owned bookie. If you've never heard of them, absolutely changing the game of gambling right now. It's kind of like Instagram, Nick, where every single punter on there is their own influencer. You've got your page, all your bets go up on your feed, um, and 
followers can come along and press a single button, the copy bet button, and that bet goes straight into the bet slip. No matter how much you want to have on, that's up to you. But you don't have to go looking for every single leg of the multi now. You can that's just press one for those button. That we say. Exactly right. So it's very easy to get on, but make sure when you do so, gamble responsibly. Only bet what you're willing to lose. But if you want to join the 23,000 plus punters following at the Mock Sports on the app and start winning with us this racing season, all you got to do is go to the link in the show notes or download the app today and use the code Mock Sports when signing up to let them know we sent you and get amongst it. You get the banter chats. You've got plenty of. Uh, uh, good ambassadors. You've got you know, Jake Baker Dash. You've got Far Jack, old Jackie Jenkins, our boy. You've got Heath Shaw, Dane Swan, Miles Fitzner for your racing nuffies. You've got Andrew Bogut for your basketball nuffies. It's a great app. Get on. Mock Sports is the code when signing up. All right, Nick. Track report. Weather. Hot, hot, hot in Sydney at the moment. Springs hit us like a ton of bricks. Uh, rock hard deck. Don't be surprised if we get to good three territory by the feature races. Rail out goes two metres the entire circuit. With the weather and the rail, the ideal spot will be up and near the front, in my opinion. But I do think backmarkers will have their fair share of opportunities as well. Race one, I'll stick with atmospheric rock here. I'll go straight to the point. Running very consistently this prep. Just keeps coming up short. Last start, underwhelmed me a little, but he just seemed to peak on the run there. However, he was a little wide in trip. If he can grab cover this time, much better run, I think, will come out of it. $7.50 to win, $2.45 to place. Each way, atmospheric rock. I'll shut up now and let you talk. <laughs> yeah, it was a long spill there Let you have a little bit of a ramble on But um, I'm going to go Desert Mist here uh, Nash Waller on board $5 for me Last start came second um, Behind I Ash Sorry, I Ash Lad By just under a length in a class two So coming to the Everest will be a bit harder The Everest, Everest. Sorry, the highway But um, yeah, I'm going to take um, Sorry I'm going to take Desert Mist. I don't know what's going on here. Go to race two at the 1,300 metres, the midway benchmark 72. Tough race here. Peace Officers, your, your favourite at $2.40 after a win. Last start at Wyong by just on a three lengths. Um, it's a diff- difficult race, obviously, the midways. Um, our boy, different strokes in there. Yes. Um, six-year-old gelding. Uh, gelding. gelding uh, $26 if you want to have a punt. Um, but I'm going to go Ironman here. Uh, raced uh, two weeks ago, I think, in the benchmark 72, and I was on it. Didn't get it done, but um, $11 and $3.30 here. The only concern for me is the barrier, but I'm going to give it a chance. So Iron Man for me in this one. Fair enough. Straight to the point again here, Flying Destiny. Never missed a placing, and I don't expect that to change here on the weekend. Should jump clean, find his way somewhere near the back of the leaders, and charge home to find his way into the money. Hopefully pick up a third straight win as well. $6 to win and $2.25 to place. That's a great price to get for a horse that's never missed the placings. If you're just looking for a place bet here, definitely go each way on Flying Destiny in the midway, in my opinion. All right, race three, 1,900 metres. Really good race here. Probably the best benchmark yeah, like contest of the day. you got Tazarol, who's coming off the strong run behind the boomstang horse just fine that we discussed earlier. you got Logan Street Line with that same sort of form. Unspoken, coming off a win for us that we backed a few weeks ago at the 1,500 metres. Quite like the jump in distance for him. Favourite is How Good Are You, who continues to run well and continues to win. However, all that being said, Marcus is the one for me here. Should have beat the favourite last start, but waited too long to get going. Longer distance here and a better steer. I think it gets the job done at $3.50. Marcus in the third for Cashy. I'm going how good are you? $3.20, three on the trot. Um, yeah, hasn't put a foot too wrong so far, and I'm going to back it again here. So head over to race four, mate. And oh, geez, I can hear the excitement coming off your tongue already. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, my God. The literal, yeah. I, I would, 
Yeah, I can't say it. Um, <laughs> Osmosis, if you don't know, Punters is Cashy's favorite horse running around at the moment. Uh, 1,100 meters in the race four. Osmosis is your favorite, $2.30. Great race this. Barber as well, $9.50, usually down to Victoria, but it's come up for Sydney for this race. Um, Royal Tribute is another one, $3. Um, it's your next favorite. Hawkesbury win by two and a half lengths last start, but um, I think your money's got to be with Osmosis, and I'm not going to go against you here, mate, because you'll go crazy and... Osmosis, it's all right. That's right, punters. Osmosis is back. We blew him up on TikTok, not once, not twice, three times. Uh, I would say I think he should just be a mock community horse. I think we all get around him on the weekend. Aren't you an owner of Osmosis? That's what a lot of people have been wondering. That's what the rumours say. Uh, but no, I wish I did. Um, I'll be, d- But I will say, I'll be down there on the weekend. I'll be on the rail at Rose Hill. And I'm hoping if he gets up, when he gets up, the owners go, hey, hey. Come in. You own him, don't you? Come, come get some champagne with us. Yeah. Okay? Uh, um, but uh, yeah, Osmosis just wins. I don't know why he's not shorter. Royal Tribute, yeah, came second behind him when they met last time. But I mean, Osmosis was uh, very, very good when winning that race at $1.85. I'm surprised he's not $1.85 here. $2.30, yes, please. Osmosis wins the fourth here as we go to the fifth. Um, good race. Um... But very open race. Uh, you know, I think we've come to the race that we are starting to say each week. There's usually one race on the card to stay away from. It's probably this one because it's yeah, very open. So. Just about anyone can get up. But, of course, we've got to give the tip, Nick. Um, I'm on Verona. Maybe the only one, really, that I, I think is standing above them. Smashed the field two starts back at this track and then proceeded to get smashed by the field favourite here. But, however, now they get a bit of a weight swing. So, I think Verona bounces back. $4.50 to win. Verona for Cashy. Yeah, I'm going all a beer here. Um, two last runs just behind, sorry, was behind just fine. But um, both those runs I went back and watched and he's hit the line pretty well. Another 400 metres here. I'm going to give it a chance. $4.50. Um, decent form to go off. It was a fair bit behind just fine. But look, just fine's a real good horse at the moment. It's got so. Yao as well. Yeah, 100%. So we'll move into race number six. And oh boy, this is the one I'm excited about. Um Ooh. Said it last week, and it's it's a real tough one for me to split these two. It's my most. I said it last week is my horse that I reckon is going to have a really good spring in Espiona, and then the horse that I just said was the most underrated horse going around. The head to head, Zugotcha, and um, I'm really hard to split them, and it's gonna it takes takes everything to go against Zugotcha here. But I'm going Espiona, um, two dollars fifty should win. Um, the only dangers I see is Zug. Oops, sorry. Oh, my watch is going off. Sorry about that, punters. Um, but Zugotcha is the other one that. I can look at, and a tissue is the other one that um, kind of scares me. But I'm going to go Espiona. I think it wins. It's going to win a Group 1 this spring. So it's going to be a perfect little prep for it. All right. Um, Zugotcha here for me. I'll nice. back her to bounce back. I think like my theory so far, two very underwhelming runs, but they've both been at distances that haven't suited her. My yeah. theory is that since Chris Waller owns an Everest slot, Nick, and obviously that was going to Nature's Trip, He needed a contingency plan, and that was Zoo Gotcha. And Zoo Gotcha has turned out to not really be that good over the sprints. So now, gets back out to the 1,400, 1,600-metre range, which I think is prime for her. Of course, she won a Group 1 at that distance. Um, So I think Ryan Moore aboard as well. He's probably the best jockey in the world, if not definitely top one, two, three jockeys in the world. Um, So he can definitely get her up here at $3.10. Zoo Gotcha for me in the sixth. Very nice. Um, I take you to race seven here. You got another couple of 
strong mock horses here in Crosstalk and Waterford. And I think we might split here. I'll let you talk, Waterford, because that's probably one of your favourite horses going around at the moment. Uh, I'll go Crosstalk. <laughs> I think, you know, two metres out, record debt. Like I said, the best place to be is towards the front, and this horse definitely will be. Jump from that barrier, Rachel King will push right to the front, and I think it'll be very hard to run down. It'll look the winner for a long time. $5.50 to win, $2 to place each way. Crosstalk for me, but it's very hard to not be on Waterford, but Nick... Take it away. Yeah, I'm on Waterford. Three dollars ten for the win. Um, last start, only lost by half a length to um, he's Golden back. Mile. Um, but yeah, he, he looked good. So he's coming back here. Second up, he's pretty good. He's won. He's had two starts at the second up with one win and the one second place. Um, loves the distance at the fifteen hundred. Five races, three wins, one second place, one outside the um, the placings, and also loves the track. Six starts, three wins, and two in the placings as well. Um, can't complain here. I think Waterford's one of my be- um, one of my best of the days. Bit of a spoiler alert for later, um, but yeah, Waterford for me. Fair enough. We'll go to race nine because race eight's in the tip off. Um, I'm on Pirelli here. The form behind Garza Blanca is strong, and he has that sort of form after losing to him by merely a whisker last start at Randwick. He's scratched a few times in the last couple of weeks looking for an easier task because he keeps not being able to draw a barrier or get the conditions he wants or the field he wants. But he's found the field, he's found the conditions, he's found the barrier. Pirelli, the only query is he hasn't seen the distance, but the camp is confident he can get there. Like I said, they've been looking for this sort of race. So I'll back them in. They're not idiots. James Cummings knows how to train a horse, obviously. Uh, $4.60 Pirelli for me in the ninth. Very nice. We... Oh, Sorry. I'll take Peril here, $4.80. Great minds think alike, eh? Yeah, mate. Guys are blank. It's good form to go off, so um, not too bad. So we head over to the last benchmark 78 to end it at the 1,100 metres, and I would really like this race, not from a punting point of view, but from a watching point of view. I think there's a lot of good horses here um, to come out of it. Mars Mission's a great one. OJ's a good one. Um, extra- extravagant, sorry, extravagant star. I couldn't say that for a second. Great horse as well. I'm going to be on OJ. Back to it. Long time. Love that horse. Um, four-year-old man now. So $5.50, 2 15 OJ for me in the last. Fair enough. Uh, this horse is a bit of a stinker for me because I was really excited to see Mogo Magic. I think he's the Kosciuszko winner. I was very keen to see him come out, but he's scratched. Um, but I'll be on Tri-State. $10 to win, $3.30. Gap the field last start with Olentia. And even though she hasn't really proven to be that good at the big level, at benchmark, she was smashing them. And she would absolutely give these a pounding if she was in this field. So I think that's still good enough form at the benchmark level to be following. So like I said, $10 to win, $3.30 to place each way on Tri-State to finish off the day for me. Now, Nico, shall we head to the tip-off? Yeah, mate, we'll we'll head to the tip-off. But of course... Oh, wait, no. We'll wait to do the key facts and stats right before the Golden Rose. We'll get the Underwood Stakes out of the way here over at Caulfield. Um, Interesting one here. This race last year was, I believe, won by Alligator Blood. Looking to go two straight. I'll just double check that in case it was Zaki because I'm pretty sure he did win the Underwood Stakes last year. Um, but yeah, just looks to be getting away from Mr. Brightside here as well. Um, it was Alligator Blood. Yep, yes. at the 1800 meters. Um, but then again, you've got without a fight here, who's a good chance. Um, and I know I can definitely um, have an each way bet there. Solcom one last start at twenty dollars. Solcom um, seems to be back, which is seems dangerous. To be back. My um, my old man was on that one, but um, I think. Um, Alligator Blood's going to be a tough one to go here. I'm going to stick with um, AB. You know, it's probably going to be my last chance in the spring before I look elsewhere. 
But um, if it's coming up against Mr. Brightside, I don't think I can go against Mr. Brightside again. So alligator blood for me, three dollars sixty to lead. Um, but yeah, good form behind uh, Mr. Brightside, obviously. So I'm thinking AB is crying out for Timmy Clark to get back from injury because to get Damo Oliver on out of nowhere. Not that Damo Oliver's a bad jockey; he just doesn't know the horse. Um, Timmy Clark is that horse's jockey. So well, he's as soon back. as he he's racing, back, he's racing in Rose Hill. Yeah, but he needs to be back, and he's you know this is his provisional one to see if he can get through the meeting at Rose Hill before he can start going off to the uh, down to Melbourne. But um, yeah, I, I think he's crying for Timmy Clark to come back on him. So that's why I won't be on him. It's an interesting one. You mentioned Solcom; he's definitely one you can look at. Although he'll probably be giving them a big start after missing the jump, like always. I've never seen that horse not miss the jump, even in trials. Um, right, you are in attrition. Both ones that could play havoc with at these, sorry, play havoc with the market at these big odds because honestly, they are two of one of the most honest horses going around. They always put very super gutsy efforts in. You know that they're going to be charging right to the line late. Um, but we have to be without a fight. Um, I think he's a top five horse in the country and can show it here with a strong win. He'll jump, tuck in. Mark Zara will go at the right time. He'll round them all up and get the job done. Gets a rock-hard deck, which is crucial, as we learned in the Melbourne Cup last year when I was on him. The heavens opened up, rained out his chances because it turns out he is a dry tracker only, but he gets that dry track. Shocked he isn't the favourite here. $5 to win, $2 to place. Each way on without a fight, I'm all over that. Very nice, mate. All right, mate. The key facts and stats time before we take a deep dive into the Golden Rose. So, punters, if you listen up here, here are the key facts and stats that you need to know before making your pick in the Golden Rose. Eight of the last 14 winners have won on their previous start. The key lead up to this race is the run to the Rose, won by Cylinder this year. Six horses in the last 20 years have managed to win both races in the same year. This is usually a boys' race. Only one filly has won since 2003. There has only been two double-figure priced winners in the last 20 years. Five of the last 14 winners have been the field favourite. Four of the last 10 winners have jumped from a double-digit barrier. However, no horse has won from barrier 10. So you can look into those stats if you want punters. But obviously, last week's stats said Mr. Brightside won't win any one. So look, you can do what you want to. But um, of course, these are a little less cut and dry than most sports. But they're interesting to look at. You know, Alligator, not Alligator, but Mr. Brightside's bucked the trend. But the stats lined up perfectly for fangirls win in the wing stakes. And I think away from the favourite stats there considering Cylinder, because I think we're going to be both pretty favourable on Cylinder. The most interesting one there is Shinzo. In Barrier 10 currently. No horse has ever won from Barrier 10. That's the big um, stat to take out of their punters. So if Shinzo's able to get up here, he'll be the first horse in history to do it from the 10th gate. And I think, Nick, the only way he wins here is because Ryan Moore's on board. Ryan Moore was the only reason he got up in the Golden Slipper because of that absolute peach of a ride. Because personally, we discussed it last week, or maybe it was the week before, we think that this is not Shinzo's real focus. The reason he's only first up here hasn't raced before this prep, is because he's more focused on the Everest that Coolmore definitely want him to be there for. He just needs to get through this run and they'll probably select him after the day. Yeah, I don't see this as a race for him. It's definitely a fitness run, I don't think. He can uh. definitely get up, but yeah, he this is not his grand final compared to some other horses. 100%. Um, look, I can't go anywhere else in Cylinder. Um, two wins on the trot look pretty convincing to me. $4.20. Um, if you want to have a value play, punters, I think NCAP is definitely one that raced really well um, two weeks back. Got the win by two lengths. Um, but, yeah, looks good enough. 
But um, I'm going to go with Cylinder, I think. I think it's going to be the one for me. I think King Colorado, um, look, I don't know why it's at that price in my opinion. A lot I, of experts are very wrapped with it. They think it wins. Really? Look, I'll, I'll bite my tongue if I have to, but yeah, it's, it's I don't know. The only reason I can see King Colorado, the argument for it, is that he has completely different form lines to the rest of them. He was running in the wing stakes at the 1,400-metre mark. I only finished two lengths off the finish, which included the likes of Zaki and Fangirl. That's really good form to have compared to the likes of these ones going around who have only beaten each other. So if King Colorado is already running around with the bigger boys and bigger girls, I can definitely make a case for him. I wouldn't disrespect an each-way play on him. Um, end cap, like you said, $10.00. Overs, in my opinion, considering he absolutely blew the clock away in the um, last start over 1,400 metres, had the fastest last 600, 400 and 200 metres there. And, you know, Dill Gibbons on board. would love to see him win another Group 1. Um, but, look, Militarise is another one. I can't see him winning here because you'd think he needs longer. Might be in for a Guineas prep, maybe even a Derby if they want it. But, um, again, Yao Marrera comes back on. One of the best jockeys in the world. Could definitely get him over the line purely from a ride point of view. Charmstone, unders. Especially considering she brings the Victorian form, which isn't always as strong as Sydney form. And Phillies never really win this race. Like we said, only Philly to win it was over 20 years ago. Uh, one in the last 20 years or something. Phillies record in this race, they have it here down on my stat sheet. 47 additions, one win, five seconds, one third. So Charmstone... From that point of view, that stat seems to be one you can put a line through. Um, Cylinder is the one I'm looking at. Two from two to start this prep. Obviously, they've been very, very short, but he's one of those horses that clearly knows where the line is. Yeah. And that's what you want to want in a horse like that. Knows where the line is, knows how to get the job done. He's favourite for a good reason. Nash will give him a peach. I reckon he just gets up here and he runs well. I'd be shocked if he's out of the finish. Yeah, 100%. Um Head around the grounds? Yes, we'll head around the grounds. Caulfield, I'm on Savannah Cloud in race six, I believe it is. $16. Licking my lips at that sort of value, mate. We love Savannah Cloud at the Mock Sports. Also on Stepati in the Guineas Prelude. Despite V8 giving him a run for his money, in my opinion, I think Stepati seems to be a very special horse who will continue the unbeaten run at $2.60. And over at Morpherville, yes, I know I don't go to Adelaide very often, but I think I found a good one in Chicago Storm in race six on the card. $2.50 there. Nick, what have you found? Uh, race two over at Caulfield, first immortal, should win. Um, comes down in class in the benchmark 78. Should take it. Um, race number three, red card, $1.65. Put in your multis, punters, should win. Best horse, easy. But, um, yeah, wouldn't load. And then I'm going against you, race six. I know I love Savannah Cloud, but Heater Shock seems to be another black booker well, in the hey. race. I've got two black bookers in the race, Savannah Cloud and Heater Shock, but Heater Shock seems to be a bit better for this one. Finals for the win, and that's going to be me for around the grounds. Fair enough, mate. To the best bets. I've already said mine, yeah. so yeah, Waterford's going to be mine. Spoke about it before. I think it's $3.10, um, so you can take it, punters. Yes, my best bet around the country. It's no shock here. Osmosis, Rose Hill, race for $2.30. I think he should be much shorter. If you can get $2 or more, definitely Osmosis is one to be punting on. I was very much so prepared to say he was just a multi-filler because I thought he was going to be at the dollar... $75, $85 range, but uh, yeah, over $2 for Osmosis. Definitely a good couple of multis that you can get out of um, this way. This I think is a we're gonna big multi day, I reckon. A lot yeah. of multi horses. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing some of that on double, so look at our account for that. Um, we'll get in the quaddy. So race number seven, Waterford, Crosstalk, Williamsburg, and New Mandate. Race eight, Cylinder, Shinzo, King Colorado, and NCAP. 
race nine. Chelton Lane, Peril, Vienna Princess and Mao Tai, race 10, Extravagant Star, Tristate, Mars Mission and OJ. $50 gets you just under 20%, 19 It's 19.5%. And apart from that, punters, we're off for another week. And if you've liked the podcast, make sure to give us a, you know, a like, share and subscribe wherever you are listening. Give us a follow on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. I believe we're almost at 55-star ratings on Spotify, which is just awesome, Nick. I'm loving the support from our loyal fan base. Um, it's very nice to see you coming up to us at the races as well. We've been recognised a couple of times. It's always nice. You're reaching out to us on Instagram to tell us how much you're loving the content and to keep it up. And that's only, you know, making us more motivated to keep bringing you uh, a lot of content, especially as the spring starts to hit the uh, pointy end and the uh, AFL prelim finals and grand finals coming up. Nick's going to be heading down, so he'll be getting some content out from Melbourne. It's going to be a lot of fun in the next few week, punters. So keep your eyes peeled on everything Mock Sports. 100%. Uh, apart from that, make sure to gamble responsibly, set a deposit limit, and think about what you could be buying instead, punters. We will be seeing you back here next week. Oh, Crohn's getting a split.